Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. So it's working now. Yay! And we're Yay. recording. We have, we, we have like eight minutes of like us two going, nah, yep. yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ha- I'll have a lovely time at editing that. I'll be looking back going, remember that time? <laughs> well, we're here. Oh, now. We're here. We're here. Gosh, what is this world all about right now? We're all living on the internet. <laughs> Madness. I know finding out these new things every day. This is a great world of technology. But listen, it's kept us going through this, hasn't it? So. It sure has. Like, I have to say, I really am, you know, thinking of those who have not had access to yeah. the internet, you know, like people who just, for whatever reason, haven't been able to or ha- just have chosen not to embrace it before all this. Yeah. And just at home, maybe on their own and not being able to do Zoom quizzes and workouts with joe wicks and all sorts it must be so strange i wonder if it's nice and like you know if you're happy with it i wonder if it's nice in a way to be kind of oblivious to to all that stuff but it certainly you know kept me going and in terms of being able to see mum dad sister you know all that kind of stuff it's just it's so good although my parents are hilarious on it they have you know the classic like giant eyeball appears and then a shot of a plate or you know it's just like brought us great joy on many a zoom call so I know it's just um, what we've got to do just to keep connected and as a freelancer not able to do my job right now this has been a total lifeline just to do something that is creative yeah. and can connect with lovely people like yourself, Laura Boyd. God, well, no, it's, it's great to chat to you. You've had some brilliant people on and some friends of mine in the small yes. Scotland. And um, so, yeah, it's just, no, it, it's uh, podcasts are amazing at this time, I think, especially, you know, and I think when you can only, certainly when you could only do the one walk a day, it was an absolute godsend for me. I just used to take the pram out, fire a podcast on, and you know, it just opens up a whole new world. It's brilliant. It really does. Like I feel like I was late to the podcast game. Like even listening to podcasts, yeah. you know, commuting and stuff. That's exactly what I, my go-to is a podcast. And like you say, on my my walks, that's exactly what my go-to has been. Just same. Um, getting into somebody else's world for a wee while and getting out my own. <laughs> know, that's what we need just now. We do, but you are correct in saying that we do have some mutual people in our lives that um, we both know, but we have never met. I know, it's weird. It's that weird thing of Instagram, isn't it? You think, <laughs> you feel like you know everyone. Yes, I and feel you... like I've been following you for a long time. I feel like I know you, Laura Boyd. No, I know, I can see you. And you just, you see pictures and you're like, oh, that's lovely, such and such did this. And then you're like, I have no idea who they are. You know, it's it's so weird. In a way, it's really nice for that as well. Although quite strange then, I think, when you meet up face-to-face, um, like I did a kind of mum and baby event it was Zumbini with House of Liberty do you know oh, Liberty? Yeah. do you know I've just literally started following her she's amazing oh my goodness she's incredible and she's so lovely she, she's just brilliant so she does her Zumba class but for kids um, so I took Penelope along and there was just all these other like mum bloggers and stuff that I 
knew but didn't know if you know and it was really weird and then they went around introducing the names of all the children and I was like I know all these kids names already this is really creepy it's totally random yeah it's just a big community isn't it and when it's used right it's really nice it's lovely absolutely like you know obviously I've been very lucky in my career to, to work with lots of talented and interesting people and meet a lot of people along the way but the joy of the internet and things like Instagram is that I've been able to connect with people through the podcast that I don't know. It's great when you've yeah. got a podcast, you can just make new pals. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, like the whole thing, just the, the internet and social media is, when used right, it's just brilliant for that. And it brings so many connections for work um, and for events. You know, I do a lot of charity stuff. Mm-hmm. And so for charity events, it's great for getting in touch with people. So yeah, I've made loads of friends through it and I'll I'll never knock it you know yeah and of course I guess in your time in your career um obviously you're very very young Laura but the use (laughs) of the internet and it probably has kind of moved on quite a bit even in your time being a presenter when I was at STV I remember them this old time but I remember them kind of launching the website and the person who was in charge of it came along with one of those yellow books. I don't know if you still get them. You know, the thing that's like the idiot's guide to the internet. Right. Like cliff notes or something that you get for yeah, books. Internet for dummies. You used to get all these kind of books for dummies, it said. <laughs> um, and that's how they launched the website. It was literally, you know, because nobody had a clue really what it was and what the capabilities were. Um, and then we started doing a lot of kind of, entertainment type videos off our own back for it just to kind of populate it and doing you know interviews with bands and things like that and then it's amazing how just how much that has grown and how valuable it is now um and you know how that has become another career if you like you get a lot of people who are purely online presenters online journalists and that's fantastic i think it really is and was this always your kind of you know, did you have your eye on the prize in terms of this is the career I want to go into? I want to go into broadcasting and being a presenter. Yeah, I think so. When I was younger, I've always been like into stage school, drama, music, singing. So from when I was about seven, I started singing with the Royal Scottish National Orchestra Choir. Um, And I did that, I think, until I was about 15 and I toured with Scottish Opera, did amateur and professional musical theatre and stuff. So I really had this desire to perform. Um, And then I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go down the kind of musical theatre route or TV and kind of fell into the TV stuff, if you like, but absolutely loved it. And I knew, so I went to uni and studied communication and mass media. And I just, from that moment, I just got real buzz out of filming, out of producing, you know, um, kind of creating content. And I just loved it. And I was so lucky in that I had a week's work experience at STV when I was in fourth year at uni and I graduated from uni and two weeks later they called me and offered me a job and I've been there ever since so um, yeah so it was it was really right place right time Um, I've worked in loads of different departments in there though and just always kind of been willing to to get stuck in and it's very much media is like that you just have to if you want to you know, be on TV or, or do something like that. You just have to kind of push yourself forward uh, for anything that you can do. And I've been quite lucky. I've just had some amazing experiences and I'm loving it just now. Obviously, I'm on mat leave at the moment, but I'm looking forward to getting back to it. So, yeah, it's it's 
been a roller coaster, but an amazing one. I bet. I've spoken to um, both Jennifer Reich, who, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Jodie McCallum, um, yeah, and yeah, they, they both said the same thing. It's just, you know, putting yourself out there. And I guess your musical theatre and singing and performing background would have helped that aspect of going into the business that you're in and um, and just having the almost confidence or even maybe not always feeling confident but that kind of faking it till you make it <laughs> just appear yeah. confident <laughs> it really really did and I think even even just as a child you know I really hope I've got my wee baby who's six months old and I'm already trying to get you know Disney Plus and the Sound of Music and stuff on in the background to try and influence it already. <laughs> you will like musicals. But um, I think doing all that stuff when I was younger certainly did give me, it just stood me in a good stead for life because it gave me confidence, but also made me appreciate, you know, you know what it's like. There are loads of knocks along the way. It's not all singing and dancing and stuff. And it's quite, it's quite tough. And uh, it's, you know, it's maybe not the coolest thing to do, although I think that is getting better right when, you know, when you're like, yeah. uh, No, you're right. Like, I, I didn't tell anybody at school that I danced. That was like a whole other thing that I did out with school. Yeah. It's, it's weird, that, isn't it? Yeah. And I think hopefully now where there are a lot more kind of I don't know like I guess kind of teen movies about dance and music and stuff and and programs then hopefully it is a bit cooler I mean the whole world's dancing now on TikTok yeah I know exactly Um, and everybody (laughs) wants to sing and stuff so I think now it's probably changed but you know when I was at high school you were basically the geeks if you were in the school show you know but it was a lovely geeky bunch like it, it was brilliant I, I loved it, it anyway yeah. didn't you? you were like oh, I yeah. love this oh, <laughs> you know I was that child like gotta dance you know that <laughs> I feel like you and I would have been friends oh, Laura, for the same school we would have been loving it every lunch break and stuff rehearsing for shows <laughs> But yeah, I think it's it just gives you, it's a great thing to do. And if you're into that, then I think it does really give you a bit of a, I don't know, confidence for life, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. And like you you alluded to, you know, wearing lots of hats at your time in STV, but um, have there been particular surprises or opportunities that came your way while they are just that you never expected? I think when, when I started, I didn't know exactly what, I wanted to do I thought always thought I would love to be on TV um and I think at that point that really seemed like a pipe dream because if I'm being honest I don't look like a classic TV presenter I don't look like certainly someone that you would traditionally see on news I don't think um and so I never thought that I would get that opportunity so I did lots of other things around that I worked I was like you know promos producer and did voiceovers then I was an online journalist as well, and I, but I just kind of always plodded on and did interviews and stuff when there were opportunities to do things in the background. And I knew, like, I just had this real kind of desire to do it and knew I, I could do it. Um, and so it was just that thing of taking every opportunity. And I've been, I was so grateful that, like, when I went for the news job, I thought, never in a million years am I going to get this and when I did I was so genuinely shocked and I had worked on I'd presented on STV2 I'd worked closely with Jennifer uh, Rioch as well and that was a great grounding because we were given a lot of freedom to do a lot of stuff there um, and so we did some brilliant things some not so brilliant things and it was <laughs> it was all out there some very embarrassing things I seem to think I think I'm a little bit like you know like the Alison Hammond 
of STD. That's what I feel like about, you know, the one okay. that they always push into doing interviews with trees or, you know, something like that. Anything <laughs> that's the best kind of presenter. who's just like, yes, sign me up. Well, that that's the thing, and that that's given me some amazing opportunities, and um, you know, I've done things like sung with Susan Boyle, and um, I've just done a whole load of kind of mad and really good fun interviews. This is where you get to name drop, Laura. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, just following your Instagram, and just when I scroll back, I'm like, yeah, you have met so many obviously well known faces, but just had the opportunity to do some really interesting exciting things yeah that that's the best thing and you don't ever take that for granted but you know it it becomes kind of not the norm it's always exciting but you're especially at things like the Edinburgh Festival where every day you know you're kind of interviewing a new celebrity and things then you don't really have time to think about it but I remember once I was talking to my sister it was years ago I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a, a club night and I was like, oh yeah, you know, and Franz Ferdinand were there and such and such were there and stuff. And that was when they were really big. And she's like, that's not what normal people do. She's like, that just doesn't sound normal. You're so lucky. And then, but you you know, you kind of, you don't think about that. But then I do sit back and like that, if I look back, I'm like, God, I've met some amazing people. Or when they come on TV, I'm like, oh, I've interviewed them, you know, and it is, it's such an exciting job. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. You know, it is very exciting exciting to meet all these people and there'll be certain people that you'll come across in your career you're like that's a total highlight because I am a fan you've got you've got so much to consider when you're doing a job you've got to do it well you've only got a certain amount of time lots of things to consider so you can't fangirl too much there's there's a lot of pressure actually because you never know what a person's going to be like and luckily touch wood you know, I would say 99% of the people I've interviewed have been lovely. Some have been absolutely amazing and a joy, especially if they're quite relaxed and they just open up. Um, And if you can find a common ground, I think that's a good thing. Like just before I went off, I interviewed Rod Stewart, I'm going to name Rob there. I interviewed Rod Stewart and he he was just great fun and we um, a producer and I did some quite fun stuff and you know he's into his model railways so we and obviously Celtic as well so we had got model railway figures and painted them with Celtic strips oh and stuff and so he absolutely loved it and so when you find that kind of you know he just loves Scotland mm-hmm. so if you get them engaged in something like that that you know they're interested in and it's a little bit different from the normal interview then that's when I think it, you really get the best out of them but yeah some things like the the junkets for movies are tough mm-hmm. they are not my favorite things to do they can be they can be good fun but you get literally five minutes and there's a whole load there's the star and then there's like producers and lighting and goodness knows what all standing around you with like a clipboard and a you know a stopwatch and you get five minutes so if they don't give you the answers you're really hoping for then you're you're screwed you know so it can be that can be quite like, work with me, people. Work with me. And sometimes they go on I'm, I'm guilty of going on and on as you'll see but sometimes they'll go on and on you're like oh god they've answered one question in these five minutes you know um they're good fun they're always in very posh hotels and they're a bit like you know that scene from oh what do you call it notting hill Notting Hill that's exactly what I was thinking about you were talking about yeah you know that scene in Notting Hill when Hugh Grant blags his way in and says he's from Horse and Hound and that's exactly what they're like you know you're just ushered into a room thrown in front of these celebrities who have heard every question a million times and then you know chucked back out again so yeah they're always quite stressful days but 
but fun. But yeah, yeah, Bella, it sounds like to me you're obviously aware of like you know just appealing to the human in them and just making an effort to make that connection and do something a wee bit out the ordinary or a bit different for them to enjoy the experience because you can't imagine what it's like having to sit through these things. You know, oh, yeah, on, uh, from their perspective, yeah, it sounds to me like you you know you enjoy it and you want it to go well. Yeah, that that's completely. It. I think um, an example of that was I did the the Downton Abbey one. And it was it was Michelle Dockery and the kind of you know the kind of main cast, and they were a bit hungover because it had been the premiere the night before. So they were lovely though. But like that, I went in and I just opened it up with saying like you know sometimes we have to go to these things and we have to pretend we like the movies. But I genuinely did like this one, and they were killing themselves laughing at that because I think they liked the honesty sometimes you do have to go and watch a movie and then pretend that you absolutely loved it you know you can't really say to them well that was not the best you know (laughs) why did you do that film was terrible you try and kind of dart around it but um but yeah i think like a bit of honesty and if you can kind of strike up a bond with them it's not always easy with loads of people watching and in the space of five minutes but it's it's a challenge and it's one I embrace. Obviously you've said like in your time thus far you know you've adapted to different roles mm-hmm. um, and you've been just open to that but I guess there'll be challenges along the way as well and these opportunities being presented and, and then trying to kind of navigate is this the right decision for me is this is yeah. where I want my career to go because nothing's linear obviously. Well that's the thing and especially Actually, nowadays everything's, you know, I was speaking to my boss there because I'm due to go back from maternity leave this summer. So um, I think it will be August that I'm going to go back now. But everything has changed. So obviously most of our interviews are now via Skype or, you know, FaceTime or whatever. Um, And even in August, they're predicting I'll be working from home and all that kind of thing. So there's all that that I'm going to have to adapt to, which in a way it makes it easier to get access to people because big stars are often in London or America. So if you're just doing it over the internet, they're probably more willing to do it, you know, rather than um, having to come to Scotland or us go to them. So there's that kind of benefit from it, but it's going to be a whole different way of working and it's whether that's going to be more common actually going forward even when things do eventually go back to normal but technology changes so much and different producers and directors want different things so yeah you're you're constantly adapting and you're constantly kind of trying to please a different set of people I guess and different audiences so yeah it's it's changed a lot in my time at STV but I'm grateful for every opportunity I've had there. I really do love it. And is there is there a list of things that you are working your way through or is it just more you're just open to opportunities and, you know, you just go with your gut when they're presented? Yeah, I go with my gut when they're presented and I'm really... I'm really enjoying working in news. See, it was something I never necessarily thought that I would get to do. So I'm I'm really enjoying doing that. But there are other things that I would like to do. Like um, along with that, I would love to make a documentary. Um, Obviously, we've been through, we'll maybe touch on that later, but I've been through the, the surrogacy process and stuff to get my little girl. And I live with cancer. So I think there's quite a lot of, kind of stories I would like to tell there to hopefully help other people and it's just such a kind of um, crazy world that I don't know if it's been showcased that much so um, that's something I would really like to do in the future is make a documentary about that I'd really like to write a book as well and um, possibly do more like podcasting stuff too so there's just all these other things that 
I've kind of touched on that I would really like to do more of and um you know I won't kind of rule them out but I'm, I'm really happy with my main job just now but I think in this industry as well you've got to kind of stay ahead of the curve and have other plans that you could possibly diversify with and and you'll you know you'll know that between dancing and podcasting and well yeah <laughs> but it's lovely that you've been able to dip your toe in various elements of of that world and that yeah you can then say that is something that I'd like to go back to that's something I'd like to explore further yeah um, and obviously you touched there on more personal things that you have documented, you have been open about. And um, I'm really like, first of all, I commend you for that because I think that's incredible that you've shared your story to an extent with others because I think it, it will be undoubtedly helping people that are you know in a similar situation to yourself. What was the initial kind of impetus for being public about your cancer diagnosis and your treatment? Thing. So that was almost 11 years ago now and wow. it it came out of the blue for me to be honest um, and I was off work for about six months and then obviously like Scotland, Glasgow, the industry is so small as we said at the start you know we, we know so many kind of mutual people and so I think the word had got back to the newspapers that, that I had cancer. So when I returned to work, um, I think it was the Daily Record and Sunday Meal had got in touch asking if they could do a story on it. And I spoke to well, my now husband and my mom and dad and stuff and thought, well, well, why not? Because um, I think when you hear the word cancer and certainly back 11 years ago, you just, I thought my life was going to be over. I thought that was it. And not everybody's lucky, but there are so many advances in treatment now. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be a death sentence, which I thought it was going to be at the start. So I think that was really important for me to to be able to use whatever tiny public platform that I had to be able to show people that actually, you know, there, you know what, if you're diagnosed with cancer, if you, certainly if you're diagnosed with le uh, leukemia, there are many options out there and life isn't necessarily over. So kind of took the initial plunge of speaking about it and then I've never shut up about it since. Really. <laughs> it was wonderful, it really is, because just highlighting obviously the great work and the, you know, like you said, the um, advances in medicine that are happening that to keep people up to date with that from yeah. like a real life perspective, not just the scientists, you know, the people in the lab coats talking, someone who is yeah. going through that you know, and living with it. And like you say, you know, putting that positive head on and saying, yeah, no, I am someone who has cancer, but I am very much alive. Yeah, that, that's that been the, the main thing for me. It's, and I think as well, people always think like you don't have it anymore because right. you look normal or as, as normal as it can look. But um, so it's kind of dispelling that myth as well. And what has been so nice and one of the reasons why I will continue to talk about it until, you know, well, I probably will always talk about it because the type of cancer I've got will be with me for life. Um, but it's the people that I've got in touch and I've made so many friends through, I've got a blog, um, you know, through Facebook groups and things to do with cancer because people have got in touch with me to say, oh, you know what? 
I've got that one or my daughter's got that or you know um, and that's been really nice without sounding kind of gushy and preachy but to be able to help people because I, I didn't feel really I had anywhere that I could turn because with my type of cancer there was either really young kids had it or a lot of much older people there wasn't really anyone of my age who was you know I was in my 20s at the time things like fertility and things like that. there was no one really to ask about that or to engage with on a kind of human level mm. out with the hospital so I always thought hopefully by sharing my story and being open to to people contacting me then hopefully I could help them and I've had so many lovely emails and uh, contact from people saying it really has so that's that's, that's a positive and that kind of helps me keep going as well it's given me a focus throughout it um too you know so it's yeah it's it's been a, a win-win on that front something good to take out of something bad absolutely I totally commend you though and you know I've had similar conversations with other podcast guests and even like friends of mine that have been through something that have shared it with the world and there's been that kind of why is my story important like why should I talk about it like who's gonna who am I gonna help and I, I think it's just that time and time again that everyone's story is relevant and relative to somebody and I think it is important like you say to just say this is me and this is what I'm going through and if, if I can share what's happening then if it helps one person feel less alone gives them a, a bit of a nugget of information that they didn't already have then it's, it's worth it it's, it's that thing of giving hope and just also but just also a, a reality check of a, a really sadly recently lost a friend who had met I actually met her brother at an event and he said to me oh you're that girl with cancer could I put you in touch with my sister she's got cancer so we always joked when we met it was like a cancer blind date kind of thing um this is a few years ago and we'd stayed in touch over the years and we used to meet for coffees and things but we would just have like really honest conversations about cancer and she would always text me after she'd been on a night out and like the next morning being like oh my god I'm so hungover I'm a such a bad person doing this when I've got cancer and I would be like listen I didn't get until four in the morning can't remember getting home you know like we would kind of share that mutual thing of just making it, it real and there's that thing as well of I feel like it's important to it's important to be balanced and have a balanced life and a healthy lifestyle but you've got to embrace it as well and my friend Laura was always worried about you know like going out and drinking and partying should we not be doing that but to me life is too if anything it shows life is too short and so you've got to enjoy the good times and you know maintain a balance but yeah definitely still party I'm so sorry for your loss that's that's all yeah it was a a terrible time but she was an amazing person and it was just um, it was great to to get to know her and to be able to call her a friend so um, yeah it's a it, that's a, a difficult thing when you, you speak about cancer and stuff and you do I've met I've met other people that I've lost through it but it would never put me off talking about it or whatever because actually these people mean a massive thing to my life and um, have been a big part of it so yeah it's 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 a sad thing but it was so lovely to know her mm. and you know it's other issues like you know mental health and obviously mental health is a huge very important thing that we're all talking about more hopefully which is very much a positive thing but as well as the kind of medical aspect and the symptoms and things that you're suffering from day to day or having to Mm. deal with it's also the mental aspect of living with something like cancer and sharing that with others because it is overwhelming and as much as you know I can be out and looking like I'm having a, a fantastic time I can get home and be like 
oh, you know, I've got cancer. No. And certainly, actually, at this time was quite interesting because it's always in the back of my mind that it's there. I take chemotherapy and tablet form every day. So every night I go to bed, I'm reminded about it every morning I wake up. Um, but, you know, I do carry on my life largely normally I go to the hospital every three months for all my checkups and bloods and that's when it kind of hits home a bit but when coronavirus came into play and they were talking about you know leukemia patients are susceptible and you know um, have to be very careful shielding all that kind of stuff you know that was kind of hammered home at the start and that was terrifying I think I think for everyone that time regardless of whether you're ill or not, that start of that was so terrifying because we didn't know how it was going to pan out. But certainly I found that really, really hit me hard. Oh, I can't imagine. The prospect of actually having to go to hospital while this is going on must be really, really frightening. It, it was. I've only had to go once during it, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, as somebody who, who was, you know, I've not been to any supermarkets or anything like that. I've I've still been going out on walks because luckily I keep largely well. So I am shielding to an extent, but if I didn't get my walks, I would go mad, I think. But yeah. the day that I went to hospital, as weird as it was, and I mean, there was like, hand sanitizer it was a I posted a picture on my Instagram it was actually like alarmed because people were stealing it uh, which is just crazy from the hospital yeah it was it was bizarre so it was a weird experience and I didn't actually get to see my nurse or doctor I just had to get my bloods and get you know get them sent off but the one nice thing was the cafe was open and you had to obviously socially distance and queue up but I remember getting a hot chocolate and just taking it and sitting in my car and I was like oh god this is so nice it was actually like I've just seen a few different faces that aren't you know my husband and maybe it's like these wins they have uh-huh, to take no, like, and I actually have a hot chocolate so as terrifying as it was it was actually when I got there I was like god like a little bit of normality you know um which was mm. weird and quite strange that the hospital brought that experience but but yeah oh, it's it's been such a crazy time for everyone and I feel better now and hopeful that we're starting to come out the other side just don't hope we don't do it too soon and obviously um I still need to be really careful but um but yeah that mentally that was really tough at the start and for me mental health came into to play really as well when we did try and start a family and it came with a whole load of complications because of cancer and it was hard to cope basically with the fact that cancer has taken such a big kind of chunk of my life in terms of overtaking it but then it was also going to take away my chance to have a child potentially as well so that that really got me down that was a, that was difficult to deal with. Um, Lauren you have been through so much in your very short life you're a very young person I, I think you're amazing. Oh, well, do you know what everyone just deals with it you, anything that's thrown your way you know you, you just get on with it like. Where do you think you get your very very positive just grab life and go with what it's thrown at you where do you get that attitude from where where does that come from my mum I think completely I'm really lucky like we've got a really close family my mum and dad are both amazing um but my mum is just the strongest person I know it's ridiculous you know even when when I was first diagnosed and we didn't know how serious it was or what what was kind of going on you know she was like 
right, you know, we're, we're going to be fine. Come on. Like, you know, she would let me have my cry and then she'd be like, right, we're getting out. I remember, like, I've spoken about this before, but quite near the start, um, I had just bought my flat, but I hadn't moved into it yet. And so I was still staying at home. And um, I remember sitting in my jammies all day. I had really bad insomnia. And I got to, like, the afternoon one day and my mum was like, right, get in the shower now, get your makeup on, we're going out, we're going out for a coffee, we're going into town, just do it. And at the time I thought, harsh, but it was so, it was the best thing for me because actually yeah. when I got dressed up, put my makeup on and stuff, I felt normal, you know, I felt human and that, that I was alive. So she's just incredible. Um, you know, I've written about this before as well. My dad had terrible mental health problems and uh, we nearly lost him yeah I think that's when I came across your Instagram page yeah. when I read that blog post yeah he's I mean that that was horrendous that was just the, the worst time and um but he's touch wood he's doing really really well just now and it, you know he seems better than ever but again how my mum coped with that was just incredible and it's just this thing of like we'll get through it you know this kind of determined attitude mm. and so hopefully I think that's probably rubbed off of me and that you know yeah, it sounds like you're a really tight-knit family yeah. and you guys just stick together and you know like because even reading that blog post obviously I knew you'd had the permission of your dad yeah. to write about him yeah. and you know, I thought that that's brave in itself you know on his part and, and then for you to to do that but again just it, it's massively helping people you know and obviously mental health and you know males is just the the, the figures speak for themselves oh, it's, um, it's awful it's, it's so we bad. need to be speaking more we all need to be saying more yeah. and not always just putting a face on and yeah sometimes you just need to put your big girl pants on and put a face on and you know, but also we should be just saying that I'm not. Yeah, right. yeah, and I think that that's completely fine. I think, you know, we've we've been talking about social media, and I think Instagram is great for. I, I mean, I love it. I scroll through all manner of absolute crap on there, but, but it, that's some great stuff as well. But there's still a lot of. I don't know the, the truth isn't always out there and you know I'm guilty of it myself you know I could be having a bad day and put up a lovely picture and everything looks like it's amazing and you know or put a cute, cute picture of the baby on and two seconds later or earlier she's been screaming her head off you know I think every so you've got to kind of take things with a pinch of salt as well but that's why I always try as much as I will put the positive out there I will try and put the reality um as well because I think that's important and I know when I wrote that piece and I just kind of fed back to my dad the the responses we got and it was really lovely and I think it helped him you know and I, I still kind of say to him whenever you know anyone says to me like oh you know I've not been feeling great or you know that people talk about it I'll say to him you know like you know everyone's going through it and you know I think that it's that that shared thing of just knowing that you're not alone in it and that it is perfectly normal. Yeah, yeah. I, from his perspective, like, yeah, I think it's important you're still reminding him that he's yeah, not alone. Yeah, completely. And he's, you know, between that and just, just exercise for him has been amazing and just being active. And I think that's something that side of it's probably rubbed off on me not the exercise bit sadly um but well it's saying that I'll go you know I'll go to the gym etc but um but yeah just the thing of being active and always keeping busy and it's great to have a duvet and things but I don't actually do well on that I need to be always kind of looking ahead and I think that's a, a thing of just keeping focused and keeping myself going I always have to have something to look forward to so 
I understand that completely and you know speaking about your mum and your dad you know you've obviously got you've had that you know strong foundation from the outset for for everything that you've had to face but then obviously becoming a mum that's like a whole other kettle of fish I can imagine yes that has been a that was a whole other ball game so Mm, and a very very special and unique set of circumstances that is just again it sounds to me that you're at an open book you have a platform like you said and you obviously are an open book in order to to help other people understand that again this is a very special circumstance that you you've been presented with but the positives that come from it yeah completely because it's a massive story but I'll condense it quickly but um yeah basically so cancer didn't affect my fertility as such but basically to to have a baby I would have to come off my medication and when I tried to come off my medication before the cancer increased too quickly and the doctor told me if I got pregnant I could get to six months and they might have to decide between saving me or saving the baby um, so that was completely devastating and we, we ruled out that option so at that point I thought I probably wasn't going to get the chance to have a family and then my lovely sister-in-law came along and very kindly amazingly selflessly offered to carry the baby for us and be our surrogate um, which was just I mean how do you she's just like the the best person ever so chilled and just yeah she just took it all in her stride so it was a massive journey to get from that point then to where we're at now but it was just incredible but complicated and we did it through the NHS because of my health issues and um, it's not something that people maybe realize is available or realize is an option I think Mm. surrogacy it's, it's changing a bit now, but certainly, you know, a few years ago you heard it and you thought it was something American film stars did or, you know, hey, yeah. it's got that kind of um, stigma to it or that, you know, it involves buying a child or whatever. There are, it's very different in America from, from the way it is in the UK. But um, I just wanted, to, I thought that was really important to talk about because I thought I might not have a family and I'm sure there are so many people out there. Again, I've been contacted by people, girls in their 20s or 30s who uh, thought they couldn't have a child because of cancer or because of fertility issues. And actually, this has given them a bit of hope and something yeah. to look at. So so that's been really good. And I think because as well, we were always knew we were going to be very open with our baby when it happened you know when she's old enough to understand she'll know that Auntie Jane carried her because mummy was too sick and um, you know so I didn't have any kind of reservations about about sharing that story really Um, so and through doing that I've since met a lovely woman who's got a wee girl who's five who was born in very similar circumstances her auntie carried her uh, and they came over to see us not long before lockdown actually and it was so lovely because just to hear the, the wee girl talk about, you know, just talk about it so normally. Uh, and she was saying, oh, Pen- mommy Penelope's like the same as me. She's got a special auntie and things. And that was just so lovely to hear. Well, I guess it's like, you know, this is how much we wanted you. Yeah, yeah, oh, completely. <laughs> the entire family, obviously. Oh, yeah. And th- I think that's just brought us even closer together. So obviously this time has been difficult because grandparents can't see her, etc. But it'll just make it more special when we get out of it and they can see her as much as they want. So I can go to the pub, basically. <laughs> 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 for weeks on end. 
<laughs> to be fair, she has been very, very uh, well behaved during this podcast recording. So an absolute dream by the sounds of things. <laughs> she is a dream during the night. She makes up for it during the day. She's wild. But food, <laughs> let's say spirited, we'll call it. Her <laughs> mum's energy. Yes, everyone says that. I know. I'm never sure whether that's, you know, when I say like, I'm like, God, she's wild and she never shuts up. And people are always like, oh, yes. Well, I wonder who she takes after. And I'm like, you meaning that in a nice way or is that in a <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely being a compliment. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's great fun. She's definitely keeping us going. What has um, surprised you the most about motherhood? I guess so many people tell you like what it's going to be like. You never know, and everyone used to say like, you know, oh, your life changes, and trying to get out the door is a nightmare, and blah blah blah. And in my head, I was like what when they're tiny why not just shove them in their car seat and then you know get out and or shove them in the car seat and sit them in the shower will you get ready I mean it is ridiculous they are just so demanding so to all the friends who who warned me and I was like yeah yeah I'll be fine um, it is madness but it's brilliant madness is just yeah it's just added another incredible element to our life and we're so lucky to have her but um, it is hard work I'll see that. <laughs> I could only imagine. Yeah, I never ever offer any advice to any of my mates when they're talking about the kids because I'm like, I don't know. You know, I can run a mean workshop with like 30 kids or whatever, but <laughs> no, I couldn't be like doing like feeding them and like changing I, them and like making sure like they stay alive. It's all that stuff. I mean, I used to think like loads of my friends have got kids and I was always the kind of crazy auntie if you like and doing mad things with them and singing and all that kind of stuff so I always thought do you know what this will be a breeze um but it's um yeah it's a whole other world of craziness but it's so much fun and you you touched on it later on um which is like a total passion of mine is is music and I know that you I don't know if you still are but you were in a band Laura I was in a band yes many years ago no I'm not I don't do it now the last performance we did actually was we brought the band back for my wedding. That's when I saw that and I was like, totally did not know this about Laura oh god yeah my husband was in the band as well so he was um, the guitarist and my best friend who was one of my bridesmaids was the drummer um, so we, we played a few songs at the wedding but oh do you know what? I loved that time it was years ago it was like electro pop punk um, we played Rockness, Camden Crawl, King Tuts etc like you know wow. the kind of usual Glasgow scene yeah. but it was brilliant fun just so much fun and quite a change for me because I grew up doing very classical music you know I was kind of classically trained and actually I remember like you'll probably be the same but when I, when I was singing I found it really hard or when we were recording music they would say like don't do it so precisely or you know because it was hard to go from like to be in a cool band from being yeah. You're like, don't you know I'm trained? Uh-huh. I'm like, no, you have to say your tea at the end. You know, it was, like, it was really hard. the words. Uh-huh. It was really hard to snap out of it. Um, <laughs> but oh, I loved it. So I just love music and I love singing. Mm. And we started a, a cancer choir in lockdown, which has been lovely. This is so cool. Yes, that's been really, really nice. It's quite weird doing it over Zoom because um, you mm. can't hear anyone else other than the, the choir leader. Because um, obviously if you were all singing, and it's all out of time because of technology um, but it's you know it's really lovely and it's so nice it's just brought people together and they're they're a really good bunch so hopefully what we're going to do is when this all lifts is get together and do a performance which will be really really nice I'm sure you're probably the same like if you're not 
it's your, it's your job, you know, but if, if you're not doing something like that, then it feels a bit strange. You know, I just, it's just always been a part of my life. Yeah, so yeah. I know, like, just like we were saying earlier on, just, you know, trying to keep it alive in whatever shape or form we can. So on like a Thursday, my, I've got a 1940s, 50s inspired dance troupe, the, the Kennedy Cupcakes. So um, yes, you've been on STV yeah. and STV2 and all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so we've been like doing like virtual rehearsal catch ups on a Thursday because we we have been going for eleven years and every Thursday I think about a couple over the years we've seen each other uh-huh. so it's just odd not to be having cupcake Thursdays. Oh. It's going to be a really busy year actually this year because um it's the like this it was the seventy fifth anniversary of VE Day and obviously we do lots of military yeah. events and stuff so we weren't able to do that but we're hoping that you know when things are lifted we'll be able to get back out there and, and do our thing because um yeah just I think in this time the arts have got a lot of people through like turn into music and like you're saying like you're singing with your choir which is amazing so it's like a return to your roots in it because obviously you were in a choir when you were yeah, younger yeah that that's that's what's been really nice um about it is just to get kind of back into that and I think singing really is it sounds really cliched but it really is good for the soul it's just it just lifts your spirits we just do an hour of singing and although I'm just really singing in my bedroom because nobody can hear it's just it makes me feel really good it releases endorphins and yeah you just I just come off after that hour and I'm like right you know I feel better now and it's it's always been like that for me music I'm, I'm sure you're the same it really does help I think it's just like we're all realising how much the arts are important in our lives, yeah. whether it's, you know, obviously it's my job and that's what that's another thing, but yeah, just all these live concerts that we've been able to enjoy and um, singing and dancing and, you know, TikTok videos or whatever, yeah. and like you were saying, like the joy of like moving your body, you know, that is like medicine. Yeah. You know, I'm really chuffed that you're doing that. It's lovely. I think that's amazing. And have you been able to help like cancer charities with your profile and, and being open with your story? Yeah, I've done loads of charity events and been involved with lots of different charities. So I'm on the board of a charity called Rainbow Valley and we do kind of holistic cancer care, which sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but it's more so just about mindfulness. It's Edward Reed, you know Edward? Edward is on the podcast. Oh, well, I love him. He's so, so good. He's the most uplifting person. He's just brilliant. Oh, he really is. I did the choreography for a musical that he was involved in a couple of years ago, Mental H, the musical, and it was amazing. And yeah, no, he's, he's something else. Edward, he's just wonderful. He's, he's great fun. So um, he's involved in that as well. And they do a lot of courses that are just about yeah well-being and stuff for cancer patients so loads of people get a lot out of that and then you know do stuff for cancer support scotland and maggie's beats and you know all that kind of stuff but they are all charities that have helped me and I feel it's only right to be able to if you can to give something back because you know they especially in these times they need all the help they can get because all fundraising events are out the window you know we relied for Rainbow Valley a lot on the kilt walk and we have a ball at the end of the year and all these things have gone so the main sources of funding have gone now so um yeah so it's just about I just really like to kind of do whatever I can to help them really wonderful oh you're you're a very special person Laura Boyd oh 
no, literally, honestly, just plodding every day through life and taking every opportunity. I'm really bad at saying no. My mum used to say that. She's like, just say no to things. <laughs> to be fair, I am your pal. Actually, somebody gave me some really good advice on the podcast the other week there. I said, well, what's the best advice you've ever been given? She was like, tell people you'll get back to them. You don't have to yeah. like say yes or no right away. You can just say, I'll have a think about that. And I'm like, oh. I don't know if I can do that. No, I'm going to try and adopt that as my motto now after this. It's, <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a book, I can't remember, is it The Art of Not Giving Up? Yes. Whatever. yes. Um, something like that. And I know a few of my friends have read that and said, like, it does make a difference. Mm. Like, I think you should just do what you want to do. But I always feel really guilty. And I love I love doing loads of different things anyway, but I need to try and maybe rein it in slightly. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I guess it is like I am a people pleaser and it sounds to me that yeah me too well. yeah. but then you know you obviously get a lot of joy out of pleasing people so you know yeah. there is a, there is a return there but um yeah sometimes you're just like you have to look after me that that is very true self-love and all that <laughs> that jazz <laughs> all that jazz well Laura I have got a couple of questions that I like to ask at the end of the podcast mm-hmm. so yeah. um I've selected a few for you they're like 70 odd but obviously I am not going to ask you 70 questions <laughs> right okay I'll start with a uh, best ever song lyric oh oh my goodness do you know what I've always thought about this as a question and never come up with the answer um probably one from you saw the whole of the moon I love the the kind of meaning behind those lyrics like I pictured a rainbow you held it in your hand like that thing of like the person always been even better than than what you kind of imagined i'll cu- come back to me i'll think of the exact lyric from you saw the whole of the moon by the water boys lovely what or who makes you laugh oh my baby makes me laugh which is really cheesy just because she has the most infectious giggle but she laughs at the most mundane things so we have every toy in the world will pull every face she won't laugh at it yesterday absolutely peeing her pants at the bottle of suntan lotion every time we put it in front of her face she was like killing herself laughing and so that just makes me laugh just how their wee minds work it's like very bizarre so yeah. I know you must just be like what are you thinking I know I know and then other than that I love comedy like um but Ricky Gervais Afterlife made me cry and laugh just absolutely amazing if you've not watched it you have to it's so good it really is I know and actually it's not something that was on my radar but then obviously everybody was like you have to watch this you have to watch this all right okay wow I loved it totally loved incredible it. isn't it yeah so, so clever uh, and just really gentle and yeah I just lo- loved it so yeah that makes me laugh too okay thinking about your friendship group what are you best known for in the group <laughs> partying uh, I am like the probably the one that's last off the dance floor in every yeah. scenario and you know we'll go to the pub and I'm still like that right uh, where are we going clubbing you know I just I don't like to go home so yeah probably partying or being really annoying and singing at every occasion and every chance we can get and not being able to walk past a karaoke pub that's basically me love it love it <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go for, with for the advice one. Advice for your younger self? Oh, um, to go for it because I think I have done in a lot of things, but I think as much as I probably come across as quite a confident person, 
And in some ways I am. I also have a lot of self-doubt and a lot of imposter syndrome, if you know what I mean. Yes, I'm also your best pal when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like, you know, I, I scrutinise everything. And, you know, even if somebody if somebody gives me praise, I'm like, oh, why are, why are they praising me? That they're, Are they just being nice? Or, you know, that kind of thing. So I would really say to my younger self just to go for it and try and get rid of those nagging doubts because they'll they'll just hold you back and like you can't you can't live your life thinking what are others thinking of you or you know scrutinizing everything and that's something that I'm really trying to get to grips with now Try. yeah I, I, no I totally I'm there with you and actually this is a conversation I've had with so many people in the podcast people that like yourself you'd be like what why have you got self doubt why are you worrying about you know anything but yeah we're all the same and I think that comes with being a creative as yeah. well um we're always just questioning and we're inquisitive and we're always thinking we're all overthinking yeah overthinking is my my terrible thing so um yeah I'd love to in fact again podcasts um are great in fact I'll listen to your Edward Reed one tonight I didn't realize he'd done it so um but yeah I think podcasts and things like that just to kind of switch your mind off I'm not really good at at kind of lying down and and not thinking about what I've done or thinking about what I've got coming up so I'm really trying to find ways of just zoning out and just being in the moment I guess so yeah Yeah, just doing something for you yeah I think it's you know we can all improve on ourselves and um, and not be too harsh on ourselves when we do slip into that kind of imposter syndrome actually I went to a, a webinar the other night there I went it feels like I went somewhere <laughs> in the spare room um but uh, it was by a guy called Jack Kavanagh and he's got his uh-huh. own podcast called the only human podcast he's an amazing amazing guy and he had such a great approach to like you know that imposter syndrome especially if you're going to start something new and he was saying just have that kind of beginner's mindset like a beginner doesn't know it all a beginner yeah. doesn't have it all sussed out a beginner's just going to get a bash and see what happens it's like almost just like cut yourself some slack you know if you're going to try something just try it like just do it you can't yeah. know it all you can't know yeah. it all at the beginning you and like yourself over the course of your life so far and your career thus far you have learned so many skills and you've built on so many obviously the innate talent that you had and yeah wonderful personality that you've obviously got that you know people are drawn to but you've learned just through doing it yeah and you learn the hard way I mean there are definitely times I look back and I'm like oh god did I really say that or do that but actually I was listening to the table manners podcast the other week and it was an old one I can't remember who it was whether it was Laura Kunzberg or it was one of the kind of top journalists um and she was saying that she made so many mistakes on her, her way up and it was all things I could relate to that she'd done like out on interviews and things and I was like god it's so refreshing to hear that because you know from someone who's at the top of their game it's it's nice to hear almost about the downfalls that it's not all been rosy and then not that you you don't want to kind of enjoy someone else's downtimes or pitfalls or whatever no. but, but um, it's nice to hear that that they're human and that they've then gone on to do great things and I think that that really helps actually. I did a talk on International Women's Day a couple of years ago and you had to talk about 
a time you had been a failure and because they were saying it's actually something we don't really do or, or like that we yeah. don't really celebrate and it was incredible it was so inspiring and the last person to speak on it was Karen Dunbar and she was just she had us all in tears it was just really oh, uplifting wow. actually to do instead of everyone kind of standing up there and going I did this and I was great it was actually do you know what this time I really screwed up and this is how I got out of it and this is how I turned it around and things and it it was really good actually really interesting yeah I think it's um it is important just to have that honesty and like you and sharing your story and and all the highs and the lows that yeah we're all human and we all have our stories to tell and and sometimes it isn't perfect and you know when there is a win you should you're allowed to to celebrate it and you're allowed to blow your own trumpet every now and again but um like you were saying earlier on that kind of highlights real that we're all used to you doing your blog and you know you're more kind of long form things like podcasts and stuff like I think that's important because that's where you get to really show that the journey isn't always it's it's you know it's a rocky one at times completely and I think that that's what well that's certainly what helps me hearing that from other people and and you know kind of seeing that side of it so yeah things like this are, are great for that um we're coming back to your best ever song lyrics so that you can um nail it if you can or do you want me to google it google it so there's loads of great lines in it but i just think even simply the the line i saw the crescent you saw the whole of the moon because it's just about like when you you know if you're feeling a bit down or whatever but the person that's by your side sees the bigger picture and sees the you know the kind of what else is out there i just think the lines in that song just kind of sum that up for me so yeah i like that one I love it. And the last question that I ask every single person, so this is the only question that I repeat every single podcast is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Oh, I've got so many. Um, Right, one that my mum always says and always used to say when I was wee was, your bum's out the windy. And (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just like, you're talking rubbish. And she would, she she is a classic, honestly. And I think as she gets older, she's really turning into my gran. I hope she doesn't listen to this and hear that. But she, like, she is full of them. But uh, yeah, your bum's out the windy is quite a good one. And I just love the word blather as well. Like, I love, like, a wee blather, um, gallus as well. So many good words. I'm a real, you know, I have to actually rein it in on news because I am quite prone I never realised I think as I'm getting older I'm getting more Glaswegian and you know I use a lot of these kind of words so I have to rein it in I actually got into trouble just one very quick last story when I interviewed Louis Capaldi I've interviewed him quite a few times but I interviewed him what would that have been about a year ago and I asked him if he'd found a bird yet and I didn't think there was anything wrong in that and actually to be fair we were doing it we had an entertainment show on a Friday night called What's on Scotland we were doing it for that where you could be a lot more casual but it was also going out in news and um, it just didn't dawn on me because I was just having a laugh with them (laughs) they were horrified that I said bird on news and I was like oh I'm so sorry (laughs) so um on What's On Scotland, I actually have a whole conversation with um, the Still Game guys talking about the Bobie. So that took the biscuit. And it was because <laughs> there is a cafe that has rolls or sandwiches named after the characters. And there is, of course, the Bobie. So I asked them if they'd ever tasted the Bobie. Uh-huh. And that just led into great hilarity. So, yeah, Scotty birds are great. <laughs> they really are. I'm so glad you said your bum's at the windy because nobody said that in the whole year and a half. So you are like the first. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> 
Well, this has been just such a joy. This has been a lovely blather. It has been a lovely blather. Thank you so much for having me on. It's, you're doing a brilliant thing and chatting to great people and it's lovely to hear all their stories. And um, I think so many people across Scotland have brilliant stories to tell and you're doing it lovely in a lovely way. So thank you very much for that. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure for you to join the Bra Brave clan. And um, yeah, your energy and your passion just shines through it really does and um, you're just doing great things in the world to support other people as well as going through your own journey and um, Penelope is very very lucky to have you as a mum oh thank you so much I hope she thinks that in a few years <laughs> we'll see <laughs> you can interview her and ask her in 10 years time <laughs> thank you so much and hopefully I'll get to meet you in person properly when this is all over oh I know I've got all these lovely people to catch up with and be like oh, hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Braun the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now